Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hey, everybody, Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Thank you for joining me today, either on the live show here or via podcast. Now, if you're already retired or you are getting close, this is the show for you because I am here to talk about your money. I'm here to talk about specifically generating retirement income from your investments like your 401k, your IRAs, your Roth IRAs, all that stuff. The accounts that you've been sacrificing, you've been saving for, for this time of your life. And honestly, I, in my opinion, generating income is the number one thing that you got to plan for. But I will be teaching you about all the six core areas of financial planning, stuff like saving on taxes, insurance, how to pick the right investments, budgeting, and even estate planning. I'm going to rotate these topics each and every month because over time you're going to learn how to build an amazing plan for retirement. But again, the most important thing you're going to learn is how to create an income stream that's safe, predictable, and can even increase every year no matter what that pesky market does. And what better kind of income stream is there than tax-free income? I want to teach you about how to achieve what I call tax freedom in retirement so that you're not worried about Uncle Sam, the IRS, changing all the rules, you know, changing stuff up about required distributions, when you have to start taking money out, forcing you to pull money out, even if you don't need it. Look, they need taxes, and we all know they can't balance their own checkbook, so they're coming after your money any way that they can. And most people would agree that taxes really only have one way to go, and that is up. So learning how to control future taxation is a key ingredient to a healthy financial plan. Guys, I'm the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, which is an independent, registered investment advisory firm, and we specialize in retirement income strategies for people who are retired or are getting close. I've been doing this for over 22 years now, helping people just like you plan their income in retirement. And I've been talking about it on the radio for 12. And what I found is this. Most people worry during retirement. They worry about their income, health care, inflation, the ups and downs of the market. Does any of that sound familiar? Are you worried about any of those things? If so, I want you to hear this. It is totally normal. You're not alone. 
but you can get rid of those fears. You can even possibly eliminate them altogether and achieve peace of mind in retirement. The best way to do it is with a plan. You guys, this is the last Saturday in June. The month has flown by. The topic has been estate planning. I've talked about wills and trusts, powers of attorney, probate, how to avoid it, all that high-level info. If you missed any of the shows, you can catch the replays on podcast. But today on the show, I'm going to wrap up the month with using life insurance in your estate planning. After that, I'm going to head into my mailbag segment along with my IRA frequently asked questions. And then I'm going to wrap up the show with some action items. I want to mention my website, patrickmcnally.com. If you got questions, go there. But you'll also get a chance to download a free copy of my estate planning tool called the Survivor's Guide, designed to help you get going on that estate plan right away. So visit patrickmcnally.com. You'll also be able to grab a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101. But hey, let's get this show going. You want to? It's time to refill that coffee. Go grab your pen and notepad, and I'll be back in one minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, a simple guide to navigating retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Hey guys, welcome to the show. If you're just now joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles, and I am your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor, of course. Oh man, we are rounding out the month here. We've been talking about estate planning for the entire month of June, and yeah, it's just one of those really, really important puzzle pieces that I wanted to break down for everybody, and if you missed any of the shows, I would encourage you to go back and at least catch those segments um, in the past couple of shows. The easiest way to do that is to visit patrickmcnally.com, and up in the right-hand corner, you'll find a button that says radio, and just click on that, and it'll bring you to a page. You'll find all our past shows, including uh, links to download podcasts and all kinds of information like that. If you are a podcast listener, um, you can find us on iTunes, you can find us on Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, all the major um, podcasts. You'll find us just go, just uh, search Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. Um, but if you are listening to the live show, thank you for joining in today. 
and I'm going to be talking about life insurance and estate planning and how to use life insurance with estate planning to kind of wrap up this talk today. Before I do, um, if you haven't had a chance to, again, visit the website, I, I have on there um, a link to download for free my survivor's guide. And this by no means takes place of a will, a trust, does not take place of estate planning. Um, It just goes hand in hand with it. And what my survivor's guide is designed to do is be an organizational tool for you to list out where all of your important documents are located. And so that is just extremely helpful for the family. One of these days when you're gone and they need to know where you put your will and your trust or... You know, if you got a safety deposit box, where the key is, or what your password is to get onto your computer, you know, or uh, whatever, what what utility bills they got to pay. There's all kinds of unanswered questions, and it's just a great way to help your loved ones be a little more organized. And so, if you want a free copy of that, uh, you can simply download it for free at patrickmcnally.com. So go grab you a copy. But today I'm launching into life insurance and estate planning, and here's what you need to know. Um, Because maybe you're wondering, how exactly is life insurance and estate planning even related? Well, today I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to give you everything you need to know on the show today. No, probably not everything. I'm probably, uh, I don't know everything, but I know enough. So I'm going to give you all kinds of information about how to use life insurance with estate planning, some different ideas for you to consider Um, because maybe you didn't know that life insurance is a great estate planning tool. Um, So one of the questions you need to ask yourself is, have you ever thought about how your loved ones will be taken care of after your death? And the answer really starts with estate planning and life insurance. Now, when we're younger, we obviously, we think about life insurance as a way to pay off the house, pay off any debt, maybe help the kids go to school, if you pass away prematurely, things like that. Income replacement's a big one. But what about estate planning? I think, you know, honestly, when properly combined, these components can provide invaluable financial support to your family and friends after your death. And the key is really understanding how to integrate both of them to form a really comprehensive plan. And if you're unsure how to get started, Um, Today, I think, is definitely going to help you, and um, we're going to begin by learning what you you can about the various benefits, and then then if you have any questions, obviously, like I said before, you can always reach out, schedule a free phone call with me, and I'd love to chat with you about it. But the three main topics I'm going to discuss today are this. Number one, how life insurance is used in estate planning. Number two, factors to consider when choosing a life insurance policy. And then number three, how to choose a beneficiary for your life insurance. So I'm going to launch in here to how is life insurance used in estate planning? And take a quick sip of water there, get my voice going. Life insurance can be used in estate planning really in a in a, a bunch of different ways, but it's often used as a way to provide extra financial support to your loved ones. Now, life insurance policies can help provide immediate funds to your family members, which can be obviously used to replace lost income, um, cover funeral costs, 
I mean, that's a big one right there. You know, it's not uncommon for a funeral to run $15,000 these days. And, and most families, they're not prepared to write a check for that. So they slap it on Visa at 25% a month. And, you know, that's the last thing you want them to have to worry about. So having this type of benefit uh, as simple, just simple things as just covering funeral costs, pay off any debts. Um, in a lot of cases, these policies are exempt Um from the very same taxes that your estate will be subject to after death. And it's not uncommon for families to use life insurance funds to cover federal estate taxes, especially if there are any kind of delays or holdups in the distribution of the assets. So understanding how life insurance can be used, especially for estate taxes, is a big one. If you've got a, if you've got a large estate and you are concerned about estate taxes, life insurance is the best way to help pay for that. It's it's frequently used as a way to divide ownership of a family business. Um, many business owners will take out life insurance policies that specifically designate how ownership will be divided after their death. And I've, I've kind of tongue-in-cheeked with this before, but I always say that contracts make for great friends. And it just makes everything flow smooth and is, you know makes everything transparent. And if ownership is split between, say, two heirs, each individual can then decide to either sell or keep their stake in the business, sell it to the other one, maybe. It's very clear understanding of how it's to be split, and then they can obviously decide what they want to do with it. And the purpose is to ensure a smooth transition of ownership and to maintain, obviously, current business operations daily in the event of the death in the family. Because um, a lot of times, you know, people, they own a business or things like that, and, you know, the business has to keep going. You know, employees still need to get paid, um, even when the death of one of the owners happens. So how can life insurance benefit your estate? Well, life insurance can benefit your estate by providing financial protections to your loved ones. That's that's plain, plain and obvious. Um, let's say that you've got some outstanding debt at the time of your death. Now, obviously, while your family is not, probably not in most cases, directly responsible for paying back that debt, creditors could still go after your estate and probate court. If you don't have estate planning done properly, your, you know, basically your whole life is out in public. And that's usually when creditors can come in and, and try to lay claim to your estate. So again, trust can help with that. Um, but ultimately, if that happens, it could reduce your estate and what you leave behind for the people that you love. And life insurance is one way to protect your family's finances as those tax-free funds could be used to pay off those debts. Um, another question oftentimes that comes up is how are survivorship life insurance policies helpful in the estate planning process? And Life survivorship life insurance is is a little different from traditional policies because it is taken out on two lives, typically a married couple instead of just one um, of the spouses. And what happens is is that both parties need to pass away before the policy is paid out, and and that's the point at which um, it gets distributed to the beneficiaries. Now this can be used in estate planning to offer financial support to a child with special needs. 
um, particularly when it's used in conjunction with a trust. Usually those two go hand in hand very, very smoothly. Um, survivorship policies are also sometimes used by couples who want to leave money to a charity after death. Um, in these cases, it's used you know, basically in estate planning as a way to leave a legacy behind, and that's why those types of policies are used. Next up is, is factors to consider when choosing a life insurance policy. And if you've ever tried to take out a policy, then you're probably aware of the different options that are available to you. Now, it can obviously be overwhelming sometimes trying to decide on the best insurance policy for your needs. Can you know? There's all kinds of choices out there. There's thousands, literally, I think life insurance companies alone in the U.S. at last count was like 1,600 different companies. It's kind of wild how many companies are available. So yeah, it can get kind of overwhelming trying to decide on the best policy for you. Um, so I want to give you a couple of factors to consider when you are choosing uh, a policy to help kind of guide your search. Now, first and foremost, guys, I, I want to say this as well. I can't say enough about using and utilizing a an independent insurance agent. Finding an independent agent, not, not somebody that works for a specific company. I'm not going to just name a company, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, a lot of agents work for one company, and they have one price or one offering for you. I'm big on using independent agents that can literally find out your needs and then go shop all the different companies and find the perfect match for you, including the price. Um, and it doesn't cost you anything. Insurance agents are paid a commission from the insurance company after they put a policy together for you. You don't pay a commission. The company does. It's already for lack of a better phrase, baked into the policy. And even if you went directly to the insurance carrier yourself and bought a policy, you're going to pay the same price, but you're not going to get the same kind of help. So I would utilize, I would get a referral. If you need one, call me, reach out to me. I can help you with that. But find somebody, a professional that can help you there. Um, okay, anyway, let me get off my soapbox. I want to give you a couple things to help kind of guide you on your way here. Um, on some factors to consider when you're, you're looking at a life insurance policy. Number one is income. Are you the primary earner in your household? If yes, you need to consider life insurance um, because it's, it's going to offer immediate financial support to your spouse. And if you still got kids at home, um, that is the biggest reason to buy life insurance is income replacement. The right, polish, the right policy should really aim to help your family transition through the loss and there are things you can do to calculate the appropriate death benefit that you're looking for. Some things you can do is sit down with a yellow pad and kind of map out the different debts that you have. If you're wanting to, say, pay off a house and say the mortgage left is 250 grand, and then you want to pay off a few cars, and you want maybe you got two kids you want to provide for college at whatever 100 grand a kid, there you are. You're looking at half a million dollars pretty quick, but it gives you kind of a, a target to hit. But what if on top of that, you want to replace income? You see, a lot of times we think about replace or, or paying off the debts, but sometimes we forget about replacing the income. So you need to really sit down and go, okay, what's my monthly paycheck that comes in? Let's say it's five grand a month or 60 grand a year. And let's say you wanted to be able to, you know, 
give your spouse the ability to not be forced back to work, um, but to maybe give the kids enough time to maybe get out of the house or something like that, you know, go on to college. Maybe that's 10 years. Well, you're going to multiply 60 grand by 10 years or $600,000 of income that you want to replace on top of the other half a million dollars of debts you wanted to pay off. So you're looking at $1.1 million of a life insurance policy. That's just kind of an easy way to, to kind of knock down the how much you might need. Now, a retiree might be completely different. You're like, I got my house paid off. I have no debt whatsoever. Well, some things to consider here are looking at you know what the loss of a social security check is going to be. If you're married, if you're both getting social security checks, when one of you passes away, you get to keep one of the checks. One goes away. The lesser of the two benefits goes away. So depending on how close the benefits were to each other, that could be a pretty substantial loss of income, especially if you're a household that, that is relying on social security for you know, 60, 70% of your household income. If you lose half of it, that's just, that's, that hurts. That could be called moving to a different neighborhood. I don't know. But so you got to look at it from a different angle. It's not just about paying off debt, especially if you don't have any. You're like, I don't need it. Well, it's income replacement. What if you, what if you have a pension that did not have a spousal benefit? And that makes up a big chunk of your income. Well, now you're looking at replacing the pension. You know, or your pension pays out 50% or 60%, but you're like, well, I want to, you know, I want, you know, my spouse to have 100%. Well, there you go. So it's all kind of breaking down. I think you guys get the idea. It's all breaking down what, uh, what income you need to replace. Next on the list is healthcare costs. No one can fully predict the type of care that you might need later in life. If I had a crystal ball, oh man. But we don't. One thing for certain I can tell you, though, is that healthcare costs, number one, are constantly rising. And as we age, our health just tends to go down. It tends to deteriorate. I don't like that word, but I use it there. Um, so a life insurance policy could help, you know, provide some funds necessary to cover, you know, maybe some medical bills that mounted at the end of life. I see that happen. Um, family size is another thing to consider. Depending on the size of your family, it might be beneficial to name more than one beneficiary or to take out multiple policies. So you need to consider how many people rely on you financially when looking at different policies. That can include spouses, kids, business partners, even employees. You got key employees. Um, you know, there's things like that. So business ownership falls into this. Um, Life insurance policies are commonly used as a way to divide business ownership after death. You can also utilize what's called a buy-sell agreement, which helps to ensure surviving business partners have the appropriate capital to buy your shares out after your death, keep the business going, things like that. Um, next question that often comes up is, what is the best type of life insurance to use for estate planning? And that's kind of a harder one to, to just kind of answer blanketly. Um, it all depends on your, your certain needs. Um, so it's going to, I'll give you the doctor's answer. It depends. It's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on the specific financial needs of your family, your business. You know, obviously that being said, there's certain tax forward strategies that can be used to ensure your loved ones receive the max amounts available. For example, um, a lot of estate planning attorneys will recommend the creation of what's called an irrevocable life insurance trust or an islet 
I-L-I-T. When you use an islet, policyholders can basically help ensure the proper distribution of assets while minimizing overall estate taxes. Because you got to you gotta remember now, even though the estate tax exemption is high right now, um, it could change in the future. It's, it's set to expire in the next couple of years. Um, but, you know, there was a time when the estate tax exemption was, was pretty low, like a million bucks. And when you buy normal life insurance, life insurance is federally tax-free, but it's not estate tax-free. It actually counts um, as part of your estate. So if you go back to that example where it's like you need a $1.1 million policy, well, you just added $1.1 million to your taxable estate. So on top of everything else you own, if you're already at the million-dollar mark and then you add another million on top of it, could your life insurance policy could become taxable because of estate taxes. Not federal, not income tax, estate taxes. So an irrevocable life insurance trust helps to battle that by basically taking ownership out of your hands, therefore it's not a part of your taxable estate, and putting it into a trust. And so there are some things you can do there. But again, right now the... Federal exemptions like just shy of $13 million per person in 2023. But, you know, somebody could find themselves in unexpectedly in that bracket if you don't count your insurance policy. I mean, it just depends. Depends on what your net worth is and what type of planning you're doing. So now also some states. Now, if you're listening by via podcast, you want to check your estate or uh, the estate taxes for your state. I'm here in California. We Luckily, we don't have any. But uh, but there are states out there that do have their own estate taxes. So you're, you're looking at federal estate taxes on top of state estate taxes. So you want to definitely be planning ahead for that. Um, choosing a beneficiary, well, obviously, again, that just kind of that kind of depends, you know, who you're who you're what your planning is. And again, that's talking to an advisor, talking to somebody to help you narrow down what it is you're replacing and for whom. And again, guys, it just goes back to one of the best ways to protect your loved ones after your death is estate planning combined with life insurance. Not only can life insurance provide that financial support for the family, but it's also going to help with business ownership, estate taxes, and even end-of-life care. So, guys, if you got questions about that, I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com. Reach out to me. Schedule a phone call with me. While you're there, download your free copy of my Survivor's Guide. And um, we're here to help any way that we possibly can. When I come back, I'll be getting into my mailbag segment and my frequently asked questions on IRA. So don't go anywhere. I'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at chirofirst.net. 
Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, kids, welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking with me. Or if you're just joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I am your host, Patrick McNally, your favorite financial advisor. And we are kind of about the halfway point of the show, and we're heading into what I call my mailbag and IRA FAQ or Frequently Asked Questions. And I want to just have a couple of mentions here before I launch into this. I've got some really good questions today for mailbag. Super excited to get to it. But if you haven't had a chance to download your free copy of my Survivor's Guide, um, I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com. Make sure you download um, a copy. And this is my organizational tool. It's designed to to assist with, with your estate planning. It's not designed to replace it. it. does not replace a will or a trust. And you do need to be talking with you know a qualified estate planning attorney to, to get that stuff done. But... It is a really good organizational tool. It's about 25, uh, 25 pages or so. And it it's a way to give your family the information they need to find your important documents, like your trust and your will. Where do you put that stuff? Where do you keep it? Where is it safe? Do you have a safe? Where's the key to the safe? What's the password to the safe? You could go down all these big rabbit trails, but also other important documents, life insurance policies, Um you know, the deed to the house, whatever. It's just a great way that your family's not having to search high and low for hours or days or weeks to find all the important documents. And um, so anyway, if you want a free copy of that, this is the uh, the last chance to get it. I'll be taking it down because I'll put up something new for next month, but um, it's still available right now. So go to patrickmcnally.com, get you a free copy. And, um, and subscribe to the podcast while you're there. All right, I'm going to launch into the mailbag here. And my first question, um, a little complicated, but I, so I'm going to kind of break it down in a couple of different ways. Um, I'm going to read it first, and then I want to make sure I break down some of the terms so that I know it'll be a review for most of you, but I want to break it down anyway, just so we're all on the same page. And it says this, 
planning to transfer from my 401k funds to my Vanguard IRA when I turn 59 and a half, end of next year. I'd like to do an in-kind transfer, where possible, to ETF equivalent funds in Vanguard. Would Vanguard assist with that process or would the 401k plan administrator? I'm sure I have some fund holdings that would not be available in Vanguard. Okay, a lot happening here. Basically, they're asking, okay, I want to transfer money out of my current 401k to an IRA he already they already have set up at Vanguard. And the kicker is when they turn 59 and a half, they also don't say if they're retiring. So there's a few things in here. Um, they also say, I want to do an in-kind transfer. Well, a lot of people don't actually know what an in-kind transfer is. So let's say in the 401k right now, he has 10 mutual funds. All right. In order to in-kind transfer, that would mean that he wants to transfer the exact account as it is. Not sell anything, um, not go to cash, nothing like that but transfer those 10 funds into Vanguard. Most of the time, that's not gonna happen. Um, I've, in fact, I've been doing this for 23 years and I've never seen it be able to happen. Most 401ks, every 401k I've ever dealt with, they liquidate the account to cash. Because believe it or not, most 401k administrators, um, uh, the 401k custodians, they literally send a check. It's wild beyond me, um, but they will literally send a physical check to you, typically. You want to make it out, you want to have the check made out to your new financial institution for benefit of you. But yeah, they just, they don't, they don't do any type of direct transfers. So doing an in-kind transfer is probably not going to be possible whatsoever, and especially said to ETF equivalent funds. So that in and of itself is kind of a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a contradictory statement. When you transfer something in-kind, that means that you're keeping the exact same investments. But he says to ETF equivalent, so I don't, I don't really quite think they understood what he was saying there. Um, because what you would normally do is just get the check, Deposit the check in the IRA and then go buy the ETF equivalents. It's kind of the same thing. Um, next question would be, would Vanguard assist with that process or with the 401k plan administrator? No, not typically. I mean, Vanguard will help complete the transaction, um, you know, send you the appropriate paperwork. The 401k plan administrator will do the same, but they're not going to help you like pick the investments or anything like that. Um, so you want to be careful with that. The other question that arises is, he wants to do it at 59 and a half. And there was a comment here that said, why wait? And the reason that they would wait is because typically most 401k plans, I don't want to say most, a lot of 401k plans have a stipulation in them where you are allowed to do what's called an in-service distribution. And all that means is you don't have to actually wait until you're retired to move the money over. And that could be a, you know, that could be really, really helpful, especially in a situation like this, you know, where he maybe wants to continue to work for the company for another whatever, five, maybe 10 years. Maybe he's getting a company match. You want to keep that account open 
with the 401k. Number one, to get the match. Number two, you can put a whole lot more money in a 401k. You can contribute way more to a 401k than you can to an IRA. So that would be the number one reason I would tell somebody, yeah, you may want to do an in-service distribution because it'll open you up to a whole world of investments that you probably don't have at your company. Most company 401ks, you know, they've got whatever, 20, 30, maybe 40 mutual fund choices. But once you go to an IRA with a brokerage, you know, company or or some kind of custodian, you're going to open yourself up to the world of investments. You can use mutual funds, ETFs, individual stocks, bonds, whatever you want. So you have a whole lot more choice. But so it's kind of pros and cons, right? So in this case, I, I think they can do the kind of the best of both worlds. We do this for a lot of our clients as well. Um, if you've ever listened to my shows in the past, maybe you've heard me talk about doing, you know, dividend portfolios, things like that. Um, I'll actually be talking about that a little later on in the show. But you can't do that kind of portfolio inside of a 401k. 401ks are really strict on what you can even put on inside. There's rules, regulations on what you can invest inside of them. And so you don't have, you don't have access to that. But if you've been working for the same company for 35 years, maybe you've built up your 401k, you're still planning on working there for two to five years or so, and you're like, I want to get on board with that program, this is the way to do it. You do an in-service distribution. Keep your account open to the company so you can still max out your 401k, get your match, all that good stuff. And then one of these days in the future, you just do another rollover once you want to retire, and you're good to go. Um, So anyway... I, I wanted to just kind of take a little extra time because a lot of people I know are kind of dealing with that. Maybe you don't even know that you have the option of doing an in-service distribution, but you got to be 59 and a half. Every company I've ever dealt with, the minimum age is 59 and a half because that coincides with the fact that you can take a distribution, even though it's not a distribution, it is a rollover, uh, direct transfer to a new company, but they look at it as a distribution. So you want to make sure you're not monkeying with any kind of like pre-59 and a half penalties. So I'm pretty sure that's why they did it that way. But, you know, there you go. Okay, the next question that came up was this. It just had an interesting pension-related revelation. Retired at 59, now 62. Not yet collecting Social Security or the pension. With all the talk of, quote, break-even point, end quote, with Social Security, it never occurred to me before to look at the pension in that light. I was eligible to start collecting my pension at 59, actually at 55, but if I delay, the amount continues to grow until age 65, at which time I must start collecting. Once started, it will not have a cost-of-living adjustment, Well, just out of curiosity, I ran the numbers to see what the break-even point for the pension would be, which means drawing now versus drawing later at 65. The break-even point was age 95. I was shocked. Probably should have started collecting at 59. Interesting. That was an interesting um, comment. And this particular one I I got from one of the, uh, the Facebook groups I'm a part of. And so, yeah, that kind of brings up that question because I I get the question a lot about Social Security. Like, when's the best time to take Social Security? Should I wait? 
Um, you know, I'm 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 actually a pretty big believer in something I call front loading your retirement, and that definitely does include potentially taking Social Security a little early. Not a big fan, honestly, of waiting till you're 70 to take Social Security. I would say I kind of fall in line with, and it all depends on when you want to retire. But I'm a pretty big believer in waiting till around your full retirement age, which for most people these days now is 67. Um, but there again, if you're like if you're 65 and you go, hey, I'm not planning on doing any kind of part time work. Um, I want to at least get to the point where I can collect Medicare and not worry about huge health insurance bills. Um, then maybe run the numbers and see what the difference is between taking Social Security at 65 and 67. I don't think it's going to be much. So I tell you to take it for most people. Now, speak to your advisors. That's not a blanket recommendation. Don't run out and do that. Talk to an advisor. But I'm just giving an example of some of the conversations I've had with, uh, with clients. And that is, you know, hey, take the money when you can. Um, especially if you know you're not going to go back to work, because that would be my only caveat. When you take Social Security early, earlier than your full retirement age, if you decide to go back and do, say, a part-time job, you can only earn up to like 20 grand. I think it's a little less than that. I got to look at the numbers. You're, you're capped at how much you can earn before Social Security dings your paycheck. So they literally penalize your social security benefits for like every two dollars above the amount it's 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 crazy so that would be a reason to not take social security early is if you still plan on maybe doing something part-time um and at the end of the day if you're going to do something part-time usually it's going to pay you more than a lot of times it'll pay you more than taking social security early would anyway so um it is just something to run the numbers on but this whole break-even point with social security a lot of people say, well, I'm going to max out, you know, and just wait till I'm 70. Well, let me give you an example of how that didn't work out. It didn't work out for my mother. Their whole plan was my dad retired. He was five, he's five years older than she was. He had already retired. She was going to work until she was 70, max out her social, flip on the social, and they had all kinds of plans of, of a happy retirement after that. Well, she passed away at 69. So she never collected $1 of Social Security. And so I'm going, man, what if she turned it on, you know, even two or three years prior to that? I mean, that, that could have been an extra 25, 30 grand a year. It could have been almost $100,000 over a three-year period that they could have enjoyed. But, you know, that's what happens. So the whole thing about waiting you might not be around to collect Social Security or to even, you know, have it pay out for that long. So that's why, again, I kind of go back to what this front-loading thing is for retirement, which is earlier in retirement when you've got your health, you've got the ability to do the things that you want to do. Maybe it's worth looking at turning on Social Security, running those numbers, and you might be shocked. You might need to be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and flip this thing on early. Heck, in, in 11 years already, or 12 years, they're telling us they're going to cut your Social Security check by 20%. If you haven't ever heard me talk about that, well, you need to tune in or find that show about in 2034 that they are planning on, you know, they told us that Social Security is broke. 
Um, they don't have enough you know, taxes being paid in to support every paycheck going out. So they're saying they're only going to be able to pay out about 20 or uh, 80% of total benefits. Well, that's a 20% pay cut. That could be a huge cut to your paycheck. So hopefully that's not what happens. Um, hopefully they fix it. I'm not too confident in our politicians, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's why we bake it into our planning so that it's not a huge surprise if they end up cutting it. We know what's going to happen. And we also know how much it's going to take to make up that gap from your savings so that you're not surprised. Anyway, that was my long-winded way to say definitely run the numbers on break-even. And if you're expecting a pension, do the exact same thing. Um, if it doesn't have a cost-of-living adjustment, you want to definitely maybe look at some alternatives um, for your pension. Because my concern with pensions that don't have a cost-of-living adjustment is inflation. That's what, it, that's what a, a COLA is designed for. Most COLAs don't pay you more than about 2-3% anyway, but still, um, for the last 15 years, that's been plenty. It's at least kept up. You know, when we have these 7-8% inflation years, well, that hurts a little bit. I get that. We'll go back someday. I mean, I, my crystal ball tells me someday, you know, we'll go back to 2% inflation. But when you don't have a cost of living adjustment, you just know that your dollar just loses every year. So I would have you maybe consider a lump sum benefit before you just turn on a pension. The other thing to consider with pensions, and I deal with this with a with a, a local healthcare company in my area, a local hospital in my area, is that their pension is not insured. So if something ever happens to their employer or they sell to a company that doesn't want to pay those benefits anymore, guess what? You're out of luck. You got employees that worked for this company for 35 years expecting this big pension. And if something were to ever happen, the company goes out of business, falls on hard times, whatever, they can cut that pension and there's no insurance to help back it up. So they have an option of taking a lump sum benefit. And for a lot of people, that is a good option. So something to, to definitely look at because you could take that money invested into something that could increase and outpace inflation. So... That's my two cents there. Um, with the time left, I'm going to go into my IRA frequently asked questions. And I just don't, I'm just going to be kind of a wrap up because I, I got a question. I got a question in an appointment. And this is a personal question that I received. And I thought it was just a great question. Um, I called it a straight up question, on, honestly, with an initial appointment that came in to see me. And the question was this, what makes you different from an Edward Jones or a Merrill Lynch? Bam! I loved it. I loved that question. Um, my, my number one answer was simply, our difference is this. The number one priority for my clients is income, not growth. So you need to sink that in for a second. When, when people come to see me, they're ready to retire. They've built up their money. They've saved. They've sacrificed. They've put the money away. They've used their paycheck to pay their bills. Now they're getting into retirement, and they're no longer getting a paycheck. So what's the number one concern in retirement? It's got to be income. Growth will come, but it has to be secondary. Because at the end of the day, my goal isn't to make you rich. It's to make you not poor. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. You've already made the money. You've made the money. You sacrificed for it. You grew it. Good job. 
Now, my goal is to take what you've earned and turn it into a paycheck for you that's going to last retirement, that's going to continue to be predictable, consistent, safe, and even increase every year no matter what the market does. And so that's what the difference is that you're going to get from you know somebody like us than maybe like an Edward Jones or a Merrill Lynch where they're, you know, they're honestly using what's called the 4% rule, which relies on selling investments in order to get the income out that you need. And I don't believe in that. I don't like it. And a lot of times retirees need to kind of have this mind shift because you're so focused on growth while you're working. So it's totally, totally natural to have this mind mindset that it's all growth, growth, growth. You're looking at the bottom line number. What's in the balance? What's in the balance? Did it go up? Oh, no, something's going down. You know, and it's very common to feel that way because now you're taking money out. So you gotta, you really got to have a mind shift in retirement that goes from growth to income, or at least reverses them. Income comes first. Growth will come, but it takes time in the market. So, and, and here's the deal. Most advisors don't even have that mindset. That's what I'm saying. So if you go to one of these other places and they're showing you this pie chart and saying, well, we think you should be in a 60-40, you know, 60 uh, ETFs and 40% bonds. Well, ask them, how do I get income from the portfolio? They're going to tell you, you got to sell portions of the portfolio. Well, how do you get it back? You have to rely on something that's unpredictable, the stock market. So anyway, that's how we do it a little bit differently. Um... I make no bones about it. I like a dividend portfolio for you know for income. Don't just run out and do that though. Talk to your advisors. Give me a call on the phone. I'm gonna wrap it up with that. Um, if you got questions about that or how we do it, I'd love to talk to you. Go to patrickmcnally.com. Schedule a free phone call with me. While you're there, download a copy of my book. Download a copy of my Survivor's Guide. Get all kinds of cool stuff. And when I come back, I'm gonna be wrapping up the show, giving you some action items to implement right away. So don't go anywhere. I'm back in two minutes. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, we made it. We are at the end of the show, and I've been having a lot of fun in here. We're wrapping up the show. We're wrapping up the month of estate planning, you know, just kind of getting through it. And this is the time of the show where I want to kind of give you a little summary. If you missed any of it, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of summary and some action items that you can be implementing right away in your planning. This whole month, we've talked about estate planning, and this show, we wrapped up talking about how to incorporate life insurance into your estate plan. Gave you some tips and strategies on how to do that, what to look for, um, some different ideas of how to view life insurance um, for your estate plan. So I'm going to I'm gonna chitter-chat about that a little bit. But before I do, I want to mention for a couple more days here, you can still download a free copy of the Survivor's Guide off of my website, patrickmcnally.com. So venture your way over there. This is a great organizational tool. 
uh, for your family to be able to understand where you keep your important documents. Um, even if you've got a will of trust, this is not designed to substitute for that or anything. No, this is a, again, an organizational tool to tell your family, Hey, where do I keep my will and my trust? What drawer is it in? Um, down in the bottom, safe and sound, but also where other important documents are located. You know, the deed to the house, maybe, you know, specific bills that need to be paid, people that need to be contacted. It's just a great way to ensure that your heirs, your loved ones, um, one of these days when you check out on life, it just makes their life a whole lot easier when it comes to settling your estate. So if you do want a copy of that, you can still grab you one, uh, again, for free, patrickmcnally.com. You can also get a uh, request a free copy of my book and some other stuff on there. So definitely check it out. All right, the first action item is to consider life insurance alongside your estate planning. That's what I talked about in the very first segment there. Really looking at, you know, what... When you, when you leave this planet, are there people that still rely on you for income? Are there people that still rely on you for, you know, as beneficiaries of leaving behind maybe some estate taxes? If you've got a taxable estate, now obviously right now the estate tax exemption is way up there, um, just shy of $13,000, but that could, or $13 million, excuse me. Dollars, um, you know, that could change. That's set to, you know, expire here in the future. Could go back. There was a time, I remember how many years ago. Um, it was a, it was a while back when it reset to zero. It was like, oh my gosh, you know, if I die today, even somebody with, you know, modest means, their their family could lose half of it, you know, to estate taxes. So it was kind of crazy. Life insurance is a great way to help battle that on top of all the other things, replacing income, maybe paying off debts, final expenses, things like that. Um, but there are various types of insurance, so I'm going to tell you to to look into using a, a professional, an independent insurance agent to help you with that. It doesn't cost you a thing um, to do that, and they can steer you in the right direction. I can obviously help you with that as well if you got questions. Next on this, the, uh, the action items, number two is... Asking this question, is an in-service distribution available for your 401k? If you are getting close to 59 and a half or over 59 and a half, maybe you still got two, three, five years to work, but you want to invest in the world of investments versus just maybe a handful of mutual funds in your 401k, you may have the option of doing what's called an in-service distribution, which means you can roll over a part of your plan to your own IRA, no taxes, nothing like that. But you, but it opens you up to the world of investments. You would want to do that, and but also keep open your 401k, especially if you're getting a match, especially if you're contributing or maxing it out, because you can put a whole lot more in a 401k than you can inside of an IRA. So there's, you want to make sure you do it right. Um, but you kind of get your cake and eat it too, and maybe you still work for two or three years. You get yourself into a good income-producing portfolio, so that when you retire, you're set to go, ready for retirement to have a blast. And I guess that transitions into my third action item, which is having a a mindset shift to income once you get to retirement. You're going to be so used to growth, so used to putting money into these accounts, but now you want your account to pay you an income from it. You're going to need to invest differently. And so you're going to want to help from somebody that specializes in retirement income planning, which is what we do. Would love to help you. Visit PatrickMcNally.com, schedule a phone call with me. And um, next month, I'll be talking about risk management. So make sure you tune in. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening, and I wish you the best in retirement.
Sina, São 